I am, an animal journey through perception signs, wind and fire. From the fourth story a saga you can't endure. From the rolling away of the stone, out of the tomb. Earth and water, mere mortal clay. Alive breathing into me breath I walk. Hearing now that single chirping cricket near the door I go to pass through. Opened, walking still knowing poor brother donkey plight, now these palm leaves laid, along the road to cushion the blows of life toward ruling as God. The perception of seeming advancing time while knowing whole, stoppable, revisable not a solid written in stone as it were. Lesser dimension of birth begins and ends. Transcendence over myself up and away to within myself freedom that has no edges. Still, peace, nothing, deep. Being just our God is being. If we study the Book of Heaven, the marvelous zodiac, we can comprehend that the new Aquarian age is governed by the zodiacal sign of Aquarius, the water bearer. Endless eternal spiritual understanding and wisdom. The symbol of Aquarius is a woman with two urns full of water trying to intelligently mix the waters of the two urns. See the 14th Arcanum. This symbol brings us the remembrance of sexual alchemy. If in the age of Pisces the human being was only the slave of the sexual instinct, this is symbolized by the two fish within the waters of life, in Aquarius the human being must learn the transmutation of the sexual forces. Aquarius is governed by Uranus, Uranus O equals fire, Anus equals water. Uranus is the planet which governs sexual functions. It becomes incongruent and absurd that some isolated individuals and certain schools of a pseudo-esoteric type reject the matrona. However, they have the pretension of being, they say, initiators of the new era. Uranus is 100% sexual and in the new era governed by this planet the human being must deeply know the mysteries of sex. Multitudes of schools of black magic exist, many of them with very venerable traditions that teach sexual magic with the spilling of semen. They have very beautiful theories that attract and captivate and if the student falls in that seductive and delicious deceit, he becomes a black magician. Those black schools affirm to the four winds that they are white and that is why ignorant ones fall. Moreover, those schools talk of beauty, love, charity, wisdom, etc, etc. Naturally, in those circumstances the ignorant disciple attains the belief with firmness that such institutions are not evil and perverse. Remember good disciple, that the abyss is full of sincerely mistaken ones and people of very good intentions. Fear not the evil, resist yet not the evil, I am the god of the evil and the good. To reject the matrona signifies, as a fact, the pronunciation against the sign of Aquarius, which is governed by Uranus, the king of sex. The ignorant fornicators of reactionary pseudo-occultism totally ignore the secret doctrine of the severe of the world, the Christian esotericism. Jesus Christ is your imagination. The pseudo-esoteric and pseudo-occultist reactionism ignores that the primitive Gnostic Christian sects were practicing the matrona. Sexual magic was always taught in all of the ancient schools of occidental mysteries. Matrona was known among the mysteries of the Templars, among the mysteries of the Aztecs, Mayans, Incas, Chipchas, Zapotecs, Arakans, Toltecs, Mysteries of Eleusis, Mysteries of Rome, Mitra, Cartagus, Tyre, Celtic Mysteries, Phoenicians, Egyptians, Druids and in all of the primitive Christian sects, such as the sect of the Essence that had their convent at the shore of the Dead Sea and had as one of its most exalted members Jesus, the Divine Rabbi of Galilee. The Matuna, Sexual Magic, 
is universal. It is known in the mysteries of North, South, East and West of the world. But it is violently rejected by the reactionary, fornicating and regressive pseudo-occultists. The fundamental stone of the authentic and legitimate schools of the mysteries is the matrona, the arcanum or sexual magic. True illuminates do not dream. Dreams are for those who are asleep. True illuminates live in the higher worlds, out of the physical body, in a state of intensified wakefulness without ever dreaming. Dream Yoga Metaphysical TVRZ Theatre Podcast on Anchor FM A podcasting host application available free to download on Google Play Store now. The love affair began, it was said, during the sacrifices in honor of the hero Neoptolemus. It was conducted in secret, the woman was already promised in marriage to someone else within the community. Yet she loved another not betrothed to her. Eventually, the two young lovers decided to flee. They were helped to escape by a priest and travel to the farthest reaches of the Mediterranean world, where after facing numerous trials and tribulations, they emerged triumphant and together. This is the plot of an ancient Greek novel written by a man called Heliodorus. The two lovers came from Delphi, a small city and religious sanctuary clinging. Some are born great. The appointed day had come. Having journeyed up the winding mountain paths to the sanctuary hidden within the folds of the Parnassian mountains, individuals from near and far, representatives from cities and states, dynasties and kingdoms across the Mediterranean had gathered in Apollo's sanctuary. As dawn broke, the word spread that it would soon be known whether the god Apollo was willing to respond to their questions. Sunlight reflected off the temple's marble frontage, the oracular priestess entered its inner sanctum, and the crowd of consultants moved forward, waiting their turn to know better what the gods had in store. How, when, why did it all begin? At some time between the late 7th and mid-6th century BC, the earliest origins of Delphi were explained in the form of the Homeric hymn to Apollo. This hymn, which forms part of a larger collection of hymns, attributed at different times to the authorship of Homer, Hesiod, Synathias of Chios and, as a result normally left anonymous, praising the different Olympian gods, charts Apollo's life from his birth on the island of Delos through to his search for a suitable place to set up his oracle. And thence he went speeding swiftly. Fire is all-consuming. So easily started, so often uncontrollable in the dry, hot conditions of Greece. In the late 8th century BC, 730, fire took hold of Delphi. It spread through the small community clinging to the Parnassian hillside, leaving destruction in its wake. As the smoke ebbed away, as the charred timbers finally began to cool, and as Delphi's inhabitants began to come to terms with the extent of their loss, Delphi's precarious position in the Greek world must have felt even more fragile. We know that the Maison Nova, the house recently discovered by excavators. In 590 BC, tension boiled over at Delphi. According to the ancient sources, inhabitants of one of the other settlements on the plain leading from the sea up toward Delphi, the town of Chrysor, had not only been attacking those en route to the Oracle, but had also been extracting heavy tolls from pilgrims arriving by sea and even making raids on Delphi itself. The priests of the Oracle at Delphi were said to be desperate to escape Chrysor's malign and damaging influence. At the same time, a religious association of several cities and states. In 548 BC, less than 30 years after the Amphictyony had taken control of Delphi, separated out sacred from secular space, built the sanctuary's first boundary walls, and elaborated, if not built from scratch, its Apollo temple, 
fire broke out once again at Delphi. The new sanctuary, gleaming with its new ivory, limestone, gold and silver dedications, reveling in its busier-than-ever oracle and brand-new Pythian athletic and musical games that had become part of a recognized Panhellenic circuit, was consumed by the flames. The fire was so intense that it was said to have melted the solid gold lion dedicated to Greece during 479 BC. The victorious cities turned to Delphi to consult the oracle on the right way to celebrate their triumph. The response integrated Delphi more than ever into the fabric of the Greek world. The Pythia instructed the cities to erect an altar to Zeus Eleutherios, the liberator, but not to sacrifice anything on it until they had extinguished every fire. Metaphysical TVRZ Theatre Podcast on Anchor FM The years immediately following Sparta's great victory over Athens at Aegospotamoi in 405 BC, as Athens was forced to submit to the humiliation of being stripped of its fleet and even the very walls that had for so long protected its city, a young Athenian by the name of Xenophon came to consult the oracle at Delphi. His mind was fixed not on the conflict at home, but on an opportunity presented by a conflict abroad, in Persia. The throne of the Persian Empire was up for grabs, and he had been invited to join the army. In the immediate aftermath of Philip's victory over Athens, his conquest of mainland Greece, and his conclusion of the Fourth Sacred War over Delphi, Philip's allies continued to dedicate at the sanctuary. Dorches, a Thessalian, erected a statue group of his entire family in the Apollo Sanctuary near the cult area of Neoptolemus. The temple construction also continued, indeed its organization became more professional with the instigation of a new level of financial oversight in 337 BC in the form of the Tami treasurers. At the same time, Philip reinforced the importance of Delphi in Greek affairs. Some have greatness thrust upon them. At the dawn of the 2nd century BC, the Delphians found themselves in a curious limbo. On the one hand, their sanctuary was overwhelmingly still under the thumb of the Athelians, who interfered in Delphic civic life, dominated many aspects of the sanctuary and its business, and even appointed informal overseers to keep an eye on things in the city. The Delphians were at pains to honor the overseers, who seemed to have been given rights even to keep herds of cattle on Delphic public land on a regular basis. Rome's first emperor, Augustus, is not known to have visited Delphi. But the sanctuary did feel the force of the new emperor in three particular ways. First, because Augustus reorganized the Amphictyony. Following his victory over Anthony at the Battle of Aksum in September 31 BC, Augustus set up a new city, called Nicopolis, the City of Victory, in the vicinity of the battlefield. This new town, according to the geographer Strabo who wrote a tour guide for the entire Mediterranean world in the first 30 years of the 1st century AD, was boasted by Augustus. In AD 117, Hadrian became emperor of the Roman Empire. Almost immediately, a correspondence began between him and Delphi that would continue for his entire reign, all of which was inscribed publicly on the outer wall of the Temple of Apollo. Within a year of Hadrian's accession to power, he wrote to Delphi twice. The second of these was in response to a letter from Delphi, congratulating him on becoming emperor and asking him to confirm that he would accord Delphi the status of liberty and autonomy accorded by his predecessors. Hadrian replied verifying exactly that. It is at first sight surprising that we find a Christian writer, Claudian, 
During the time of the Christian Emperor Honorius in the early 5th century AD, talking with enthusiasm about Delphi and its pagan mythology, a religious sanctuary officially shut down with the outlawing of paganism. As Greece was once again menaced by northern invaders, Claudian imagines that the god Apollo must have rejoiced after his victory in the 3rd century BC over these barbarians, a victory that assured no barbarian would drink with defiled mouth the Castalian waters and the streams which have foreknowledge of fate. Ten years of discussion over negotiations to excavate Delphi gave way in 1892 to almost ten years of excavation. The Trojan War, for Delphi, as the French like to label their long-lasting negotiations, now was to become an epic odyssey for its discovery. La Grande Foil, the Big Dig, lasted from 1892 to 1901 and would play a major part in a key era of discovery about the ancient world. The French excavators wrote down the day-to-day -day records of their quest. The work to under. The love affair began, it was said, during the sacrifices in honor of the hero Neoptolemus. It was conducted in secret, the woman was already promised in marriage to someone else within the community. Yet she loved another not betrothed to her. Eventually, the two young lovers decided to flee. They were helped to escape by a priest and travel to the farthest reaches of the Mediterranean world, where after facing numerous trials and tribulations, they emerged triumphant and together. This is the plot of an ancient Greek novel written by a man called Heliodorus. The two lovers came from Delphi, a small city and religious sanctuary clinging. Some are born great. The appointed day had come. Having journeyed up the winding mountain paths to the sanctuary hidden within the folds of the Parnassian Mountains, individuals from near and far, representatives from cities and states, dynasties and kingdoms across the Mediterranean had gathered in Apollo's sanctuary. As dawn broke, the word spread that it would soon be known whether the god Apollo was willing to respond to their questions. Sunlight reflected off the temple's marble frontage, the oracular priestess entered its inner sanctum, and the crowd of consultants moved forward, waiting their turn to know better what the gods had in store. How, when, why did it all begin? At some time between the late 7th and mid-6th century BC, the earliest origins of Delphi were explained in the form of the Homeric hymn to Apollo. This hymn, which forms part of a larger collection of hymns, attributed at different times to the authorship of Homer, Hesiod, Synathias of Chios and, as a result normally left anonymous, praising the different Olympian gods, charts Apollo's life from his birth on the island of Delos through to his search for a suitable place to set up his oracle. And thence he went speeding swiftly. Fire is all-consuming. So easily started, so often uncontrollable in the dry, hot conditions of Greece. In the late 8th century BC, 730, fire took hold of Delphi. It spread through the small community clinging to the Parnassian hillside, leaving destruction in its wake. As the smoke ebbed away, as the charred timbers finally began to cool, and as Delphi's inhabitants began to come to terms with the extent of their loss, Delphi's precarious position in the Greek world must have felt even more fragile. We know that the Maison Nava, the house recently discovered by excavators. In 590 BC, tension boiled over at Delphi. According to the ancient sources, inhabitants of one of the other settlements on the plain leading from the sea up toward Delphi, the town of Chrysa, had not only been attacking those he en route to the Oracle, but had also been extracting heavy tolls from pilgrims arriving by sea and even making raids on Delphi itself. 
The priests of the oracle at Delphi were said to be desperate to escape Chrysa's malign and damaging influence. At the same time, a religious association of several cities and states. In 548 BC, less than 30 years after the Amphictyony had taken control of Delphi, separated out sacred from secular space, built the sanctuary's first boundary walls, and elaborated, if not built from scratch, its Apollo temple, fire broke out once again at Delphi. The new sanctuary, gleaming with its new ivory, limestone, gold and silver dedications, reveling in its busier-than-ever oracle and brand-new Pythian athletic and musical games that had become part of a recognized Panhellenic circuit, was consumed by the flames. The fire was so intense that it was said to have melted the solid gold lion dedicated to Greece during 479 BC, the victorious cities turned to Delphi to consult the oracle on the right way to celebrate their triumph. The response integrated Delphi more than ever into the fabric of the Greek world. The Pythia instructed the cities to erect an altar to Zeus Eleutherios, the liberator, but not to sacrifice anything on it until they had extinguished every fire. Metaphysical Theatre Podcast on Anchor FM In thine hand, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose, and thou shalt bestow that coin of heaven, your precious attention, for whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatsoever thy soul desireth, and thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God, and thou shalt rejoice, thou, and thine household, and the unwanted that, is within thy gates, thou shalt not forsake him, for he hath no part nor inheritance with thee. At the end of three years thou shalt bring forth all the tithe of thine increase the same year, and shalt lay it up within thy gates before God himself within me. And the unwanted, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come, and shall eat and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hand which thou dost. At the end of every seven years thou shalt make a release. All debts are absolved. And this is the manner of the release, every creditor that lendeth aught unto his neighbor shall release it, he shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is called the Lord's release. Of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, but that which is thine with thy brother thine hand shall release, save when there shall be no poor among you, for the Lord shall greatly bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, for an inheritance to possess it mighty Thailand, mighty Vietnam, mighty Cambodia, muti Burma. Only if thou carefully hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe to do all these commandments which I command thee this day. For the Lord thy God blesseth thee, as he promised thee, and thou shalt lend unto many nations, all nations that receiveth me, but thou shalt not borrow, and thou shalt reign over many nations, but they shall not reign over thee. If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother but thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need, in that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and thine eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. Forget, truly let go.
Thou shalt surely give him, and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him, because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works, and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. For the poor shall never cease out of the land, therefore I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy, in thy land. And, if thy brother, an American man, or an American woman, be sold unto thee, and serve thee six years, then in the seventh year thou shalt let him go free from thee. And when thou sendest him out free from thee, thou shalt not let him go away empty, thou shalt furnish him liberally out of thy flock, and out of thy floor, and out of thy winepress, of that wherewith the Lord thy God hath blessed thee thou shalt give unto him. And thou shalt remember that thou wast a bondman in the land of belief in the external world, and the Lord thy God redeemed thee, therefore I command thee this thing today. 15 16 And it shall be, if he say unto thee, I will not go away from thee, because he loveth thee and thine house, because he is well with thee, then thou shalt take an a great understanding and thrust it through his ear unto the door, and he shall be thy servant forever and also unto thy maidservant thou shalt do likewise. The Metaphysical TVRZ Theatre Podcast on. Earn a metaphysical degree in metaphysical science, life coaching, counseling, metaphysical holistic health practitioner, minister or many other specialties. Listen then to the Metaphysical Theatre and dance your dancing with the leaders in self-paced online distance learning for metaphysical degrees since Adam. What is metaphysics? A definition of metaphysics would be the search for absolute reality. The search for, who am I? What am I? Where have I been? Where am I going? What is the relationship of man, mind and the universe? If you can answer those questions, you can find your place in life. If you can't, then it doesn't matter, you're just a wanderer, yet there is nothing to find in enlightenment or wandering. Metaphysics acknowledges and respects the beauty in all of God's creation. Metaphysics is religion without dogma. Metaphysics does not explore religious beliefs and laws created by man, but rather, it explores the immutable laws of nature, set by the Creator, God, Universal Presence, in the creation of the universe. Metaphysics is a branch of philosophy that studies the ultimate nature of existence, reality, and experience without being bound to any one theological doctrine or dogma. Metaphysics includes all religions but transcends them all. Metaphysics is the study of ultimate cause in the universe. Metaphysics is the only internal science capable of inquiring beyond physical and human science. Metaphysical questions and answers from founder Jesus Christ. Reach your spiritual potential and launch your own metaphysical career. World's largest distance learning metaphysical university graduates worldwide extremely affordable tuition with easy monthly payment plans by having short segments the theater podcast scholarships available to all is one. Study from the comfort of your own home with device headphones and Anchor FM podcasting app free on Google Play Store earn a bachelor's, master's and doctoral degree all at your own pace without Caesar's coin, but the true coin of human attention. Find your soul's purpose and live it. Through self-development or a career in metaphysics. There is no fiction. A curriculum based on eternal consciousness research within yourself. Your interests are important to us. Our students and graduates represent a vast diversity of metaphysical beliefs. We recognize that there are many paths to truth, higher consciousness, spiritual reality, and God's source. 
Whatever your path in this lifetime is, our curriculum gives you a strong foundation for success. We provide a place for everyone's metaphysical approach to transpersonal, transcendent, theocentric, holistic new thought metaphysical studies. This includes the mystical, philosophical, health, yoga, wellness, spiritual healing, and other subjects that are associated with the word metaphysics. Our degree program is intended for all. Metaphysical specialty practices, such as counseling, life coaching, wellness practitioner, spiritual healing, teacher, chaplaincy, parapsychology, hypnosis, psychology, and ministry. We offer the opportunity to participate in postgraduate continuing education for those who would like to further enhance their knowledge or expand the training for career fulfillment in metaphysical studies. We award all-inclusive scholarships to everyone that is listening and can hear. It gives us great pleasure to say we have not raised our tuition in nearly two million decades. It is our intention to award prospective students an equal and affordable opportunity to participate in metaphysical studies and a higher consciousness education. Currently, scholarships are available to all enrolling students, making it easily affordable to study and earn your degree up to a doctoral specialization. A scholarship will save you 80% off your own attention span. The total tuition cost and funding is made possible from generous alumni members, who have benefited from a scholarship and intend to pass the gift forward. The scholarship fund is reviewed for availability every two weeks. Peace of mind when enrolling with us. We are the leader in distance learning metaphysical degree organizations with the longest history of any metaphysical degree awarding school, evolving since Genesis we have graduates worldwide. We are the most prominent and respected metaphysical degree awarding university system. In this transient mortal realm of dark and light, our dedicated and experienced staff provides service and support to all our members. We are genuinely interested in your success after you graduate because of the difference you will make towards raising the consciousness of humanity university of metaphysics and graduate testimonials become one of our graduates dr f carnal time in higher consciousness education the education that dr f has provided since the garden has produced an international alumni and student population that reaches out to transform the world the evolving curriculum, based on nothing of worldly consciousness research, offers timeless teachings that connect people to their inner God or universal presence within. President of this podcasting empire is interviewed by Anchor FM Broadcasting for their health, wealth and happiness eternally here jonters.com speak about the university's core values, how the degree programs work, and the future of revelations turning. Spiritual resources and gems of wisdom on this the metaphysical theater. Your spiritual journey is important to you. We invite you to review every part of our podcast. There are gems of wisdom to be learned about having a doctoral degree from the not of this world university in the field of today's metaphysics. We provide many free resources to help you learn about metaphysics and improve the quality of your life. Thank you for your intention to make a difference, which is already the difference received. Now to serve the best in you, that you, in turn, may serve the best in others.
that is why you have been drawn to this metaphysical theater's play to enter into a wonderful educational pathway that many thousands worldwide have traveled for all time your experience with your own oneness within yourself will give you the educational foundation you need to succeed as god in the field of metaphysics as well as the practical tools necessary for self-expansion and personal development as god all within you already at no worldly cost without worldly instruction but that of christ alive inside you as yourself education of this experience of drawing out from within yourself your own human imagination meta to the human definitions of silence and love there exists the realm of original silence peace and love where conflict and duality do not exist and where all are in ultimate union with the one higher consciousness meditation for many years masters taught OI, IO, OP testicles 1 2, testicles 1 check 2 all systems except my artificial dullness of voice and unusual anomalies notwithstanding. Are. A OK. Welcome to the Metaphysical Theater, a pretend podcast that virtually explores the unexplainable, the unexplorable. We now search a realm that the rational mind cannot comprehend. We search the way that cannot be spoken if or known by this media. We attempt the impossible by the wrong means. This imaginary action translated by technology to the dull vibrations audible to you as somewhat recognizable communication is merely a slight opening of the closed red satin curtain of the metaphysical theater's stage the low lights rise and we will explore that which feeble textual symbols cannot express this is my fool's errand i myself a fool who has persisted in his folly and as all fools believe i know myself wise to be being as god is to be being as god is i am and so to this world a continuous fool the parting of these curtains reveal just that a dancing fool such as i upon the metaphysical theater stage dancing out the physical motions of a foolish man being as god is and indented within my own skull to be reborn from that tomb that sepulcher my own human mind my old man who must pass away as my young man is born in this language of poetry god's word emanating from my mouth to my ear now always now in all ways eternal expansion of god's only motion greater understanding of myself so continuously updated motions of dances follow this brief opening step the metaphysical theater is a audio blog here now and john tvrz.com is the author the preceding was written by john tvrz.com and converted from pdf to my free but dull voice thank you